You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, whether I'm having a conversation with someone who intrigues and inspires me, or it's a solo reflection episode, my goal is for you to feel a little bit less alone on this wild journey of being human. I hope to give you some new and different perspectives, or to have you remember some you may have forgotten, and to give you a big nudge to have a lot more compassion for yourself and for being a human on this earth with all of the shoulds and noise that come at us and from within us on a daily basis. I want you to be locked into deep inner confidence and self-trust so that you are lit up by who you are, what you're doing, and how you are doing it. I want you to stop stealing joy from yourself and judging yourself and living in the shame and blame of the shoulds so that you can claim your worth, your value, your joy in the now. On today's episode, I have Leon Logothetis. And wow. Okay, his newest book, Go Be Brave, has just recently come out. And I don't even know how many books he has written. He has become a global adventurer, a TV host, a motivational speaker, and a best-selling author. He's got a pretty incredible story and life journey. I can't even believe all the things that he has done and he continues to do. I think it's really, really inspiring. And um, yeah, I really loved talking to him. So I hope you will enjoy listening to this. I don't know why I'm giving you this heads up, but a heads up that we were recording and there was like a glitch. And so then we sort of started <laughs> started over. Yeah, I don't really know why I'm giving you that heads up. But um, yeah, it ended up being a shorter episode maybe because of that. It's still pretty freaking good and it's not that short. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you take some sort of inspiration and hope away from it and that you Go be brave in being your freaking self. Before I say let's get into the episode, if you haven't yet, I would really love for you to hit the follow button, which is like subscribing to the podcast, hang around and listen to some more episodes, leave a review for the podcast. And if you do, you can screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourdryologist.com and I'll send you a gift from my product line. By the way, products are going away. I think there's only like 30 affirmation decks, uh, like five of the Daily Connection journals, one affirmation mug. Yeah, limited products. So get over to shop.yourjoyologist.com before those products are gone for good. All right, here we go. I like to start, you can talk even earlier about this, but I really like to know about high school years and like what life was like for you and if you had any idea of like what you were going to do or be once you grew up. I didn't really know what I wanted to be, uh, although that's not true. I wanted to be a a professional soccer player, Uh, but clearly that didn't happen. So yeah, that's what I wanted to be. And believe it or not, when I was 17, My soccer teacher said to me, if you want, I can arrange for you to have a um, scholarship at a U.S. university for soccer. And I said no, which to this day (laughs) follows my mind. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think led you to saying no? Look, I think that I, I felt that that wasn't what 
my parents wanted from me. Oh. Uh, and uh, they wanted me to work in the business world. So I said no. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, I was never going to end up being a legendary soccer player, but I could have played. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, you could have played and then you would have had to retire and figure out what's next exactly. <laughs> at some point, right? Athlete career only works for so long. Okay. So you loved soccer, football, I presume, because you were living in the UK. Yes. At the time. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so that's what you thought you wanted to do when you grew up, but what you didn't take that step. So what steps did you take? Well, I decided to go to college and study business, which because your I parents, think, yeah, I thought that was a good idea. Business. Exactly. Uh, I went to college and I studied business for four years. And uh, I remember trying to study as many elective classes as possible social studies, history, everything but business. But in the end, I got a business degree and uh, that's it. Uh, you got a business degree. Was this in the UK? No, I, I spent the first three semesters, actually. I, let's go back. At school, I was in an English school until I was about 15. And then my mother switched me to an American school which I preferred because they were kinder. And then after high school, I went to an American college. It was more like an international college in London for three semesters. And then my mother suggested that I go to uh, Boston, which, to be honest with you, I didn't want to do. But uh, I did it. And so what made your mom switch you f into an American school in the first place? Have you ever been inside an English school? No, I've been to it. I've been to England. I've not been in a school. <laughs> Sometimes, specifically when I grew up, which was like the 80s and 90s, uh, the English schools were tough places. And uh, it was highly, I found it to be highly unpleasant. I found the teachers to be highly unpleasant, many of them. Um, and I was being bullied by kids and teachers, believe it or not. And I remember going to my mother and saying, look, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in this school. You have to take me out of this school. Um, I wasn't sure whether she would, but luckily for me, she did. She put me into the American School of London in London. Uh, and they were much, much kinder. And, and uh, I enjoyed it far more than I did the English school. And that's how I kind of ended up uh, going to the American College in London and how I ended up going to the American University in Boston. Got it. So great that you were able to switch schools. It sounds like totally changed your experience of school, but also make life, I'm assuming. Yes, it changed a lot because maybe had I not gone to the American school, I wouldn't have ended up in Los Angeles. Um, maybe I wouldn't have ended up doing the kindness stories. I don't know. Yeah. And so you, so your mom suggested Boston, you went to Boston, got the business degree and it doesn't sound like that was for you. So in those years where you just showing up and okay, this is what I should be doing. This is what my parents want for me. This is what I guess is best for me. And so let me just get this degree. Basically. And I, as I mentioned, I tried my best to do a lot of history classes. 
and stuff that had nothing to do with business. I just don't, uh, of course, business is important, right? Money is important. I get it. But it just wasn't for me. I just had no interest. I can't concentrate. If you start putting numbers in front of me, I just like wander off. But you still stayed and kept getting that degree. Yes, I did. And now you look back and you think, well, what on earth were you doing? Why, Why did you do that? But I did. Was that, do you think, like, because you also like, didn't know what else you really wanted to do. So, okay, this is just, I'm an adult. And so this is what adults do. You just pick something and you study it and then you get a job and that's it. Like, Pretty much. I mean, if I'd known deep down, well, I kind of did know, right? I wanted to go on adventures. I wanted to meet the world. I wanted to have these amazing experiences. But to the 19, 20, 21 year old, that's not a job. How am I going to pay my rent if I'm traveling around the world? So uh, I was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So, I'm But you did have those dreams like back then of wishing you were just traveling. I did. I did have dreams of being an adventurer, of, uh, you know, having these amazing experiences, traveling, seeing the world, 100%. And I guess maybe you were even like, great, so I'll get this business degree to get a job so that I could afford afford to travel. Did that also maybe go in or not, you don't even know if you were really. thinking at it like that? <laughs> yeah, not really. I kind of just thought, well, look, this is my destiny. I have to be a businessman and uh, let's just get this over with and go from there. So did you end up being a businessman or trying it after college? Yes. For a couple of years, I was a broker in London doing things I hated and being deeply depressed and having just no sense of purpose and waking up every morning and thinking to myself, well, great. Now I have to walk to work or get the train to work and can't wait till the day ends. So what you said for a couple of years, so what happened a couple of years in? Did you decide I can't do this anymore? Or was there something that happened in your life that gave you that? This is where it gets interesting. So I stumbled across the movie, The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America, relying on kindness. And it was such a beautiful movie that touched me in so many profound ways that after watching that movie, I said to myself, it's done. I cannot work anymore in this office for even one second. That's a bit of an exaggeration because I worked a little bit longer. (laughs) But I I just couldn't handle it anymore. And it was a tipping point. It had been coming, right? Like I'd I'd go to work and Sundays, I would hate Sundays. Of course, as many of us can relate, right? Now I don't hate Sundays. I don't care if it's a Sunday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday. It doesn't bother me. But it was just... It was the tipping point because of all the things that had happened prior to that and realizing that this just wasn't for me. It wasn't my destiny by any stretch of the imagination. And I didn't want to do it. So, but so that was it. So you said like that was the tipping point. But so like, yeah, I guess you watched the movie and then were you like, I'm going to go do my own trip? Like what did that turn into? So let's step back a little bit. That was the tipping point when I decided that I was going to quit the job. Okay. Okay? About a year before that, approximately, I had had a girlfriend and, and her sister called me 
And she said to me, I'm working in a, I don't really share this that often, but I'm working in a production company. We're doing a TV show and we're doing auditions. I think you'd be perfect for this TV show. It was a travel show. And I said to her, oh, you know what, can I come tomorrow? She's like, no, it's either today or you can't come. I said, but I'm working. She said, well, look, it's either today or, or this is the last day of the auditions. So I'm like, all right. So I went to, uh, downtown. I auditioned for this, this role and I got it. And it was like, wow, all right. So I did this TV show where I traveled around England with three others in like a sustainable RV. And uh, no one ever watched it. It was on Discovery Europe, but no one ever watched it. But I never forgot that moment. I was like, wow, this is exciting. So you're telling me that I can travel the world, go on adventures and be paid to do it. So I filed it in the back of my mind. And when the, the movie came out and I watched it, it was that moment that I was like, you know what, that's it, it's done. Trisha here bringing you a brief interruption because holy shit, it is almost summertime. And while this is something we don't just need in summertime, yes, we do put a lot more attention on it in summertime. Sunscreen. I don't know about you, but finding sunscreen, not just for my body, but my skin has always been a challenge. Not my, my skin, my skin, I mean my face right? My body's one thing. My face is a whole different thing. So I am recommending Blissoma's SPF 25 Broad Spectrum Facial Sunscreen and Moisturizer. Get this product if you hate the greasy and shiny finish of many sunscreens, if silicones clog your skin and cause acne breakouts, if you want to nourish your skin while protecting it, if you want your skin to look great and feel great even without makeup, and if chemical sunscreen scents irritate your skin and nose. Again, I have really struggled to find a sunscreen that feels good, looks good, doesn't have like the white tint on it, is made of good ingredients and actually like works and feels good. Their photonic spreads on skin like a dream and leaves a flawless finish while providing SPF 25 broad spectrum UVA UVB protection. It's acne friendly, whole raw oils and intensive botanicals provide your skin a banquet of nourishment. You won't find any skin disrupting silicones. It's just vitamins and antioxidants that help skin rebuild every day. It does have zinc oxide, which offers stable broad spectrum protection that chemical sunscreens just can't match. Um, but again, it gives you this daily sun protection without that white cast that a lot of zinc sunscreens do. There's a light pink um, hue. It's not just a tint. The pink comes from an antioxidant rich algae <laughs> extract. It keeps your skin to staying calm with organic, regeneratively farmed herbs like Gotu Cola and Comfrey. Seriously, Blissoma is so thoughtful and intentional about everything they make. Go check out their sunscreen. While you're over there, pick up a deodorant. Actually, I think right now they're still running their offer. So if you buy the sunscreen, you'll get, if you buy anything that's $40 or more, you'll get a free natural deodorant. And I have been, again, summer things, 
something you might want to up your game is your deodorant game. I have been using both their stick deodorant and their sprays. The spray is so nice to like have in your bag, post-workout, you're out, you're sweaty. So go check out the deodorant sprays too. Go to blissoma.com. So you took that opportunity and it was like a couple weeks you filmed it while you still had your like business job. Yes. You just took a little like paid leave or like whatever, a leave to go do the, and then got it. So you had had that experience and in, in that experience at all, like what, you know, you said a part of you was like, oh, you can do this, but you didn't quit your job then. So was it sort of like, okay, if this turns into something perhaps, and then it didn't, nobody, it didn't, nobody really watched it. So you're just sort of like even more like depressed in a way, like, oh, that was going to be my out. A little bit, a little bit, but it just kind of got me to understand it was that seed that was planted that there's another way. Got it. But you weren't ready to fully step into that yet. No. So so then, okay, the movie had you say, okay, I'm quitting my job. You said you didn't do it that instant, but how many like weeks or months was it? And did you have like, and then this is what I'm going to go do? It was, it was a few months later. And I remember calling my friend who was in the TV world. He was a director and a cameraman. And he said, and I said to him, look, I've, I've, I've come up with this idea. And he's like, well, what's the idea? He said, well, I'm going to hitchhike from Times Square to the Hollywood sign, relying entirely on the kindness of strangers. And he said to me, well, that's insane. You're not going to be able to do it. And I said, maybe, maybe not, but let's do it. He's like, all right. So we arranged for two camera people. We arranged for, you know, a small crew. Then I, I arrived in Times Square and I hitchhiked to the Hollywood sign. You did. Yeah. Uh, I had the, the show was called Amazing Adventures of a Nobody. And people were saying, oh, you're not going to be able to sell the show, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, maybe. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I did. I ended up selling it by some fluke to National Geographic International, which was amazing. Uh, then we did it two more seasons. I went around England on five pounds a day. I went from the Eiffel Tower to Red Square in Moscow on five euros a day. Um, and then I, I started to think, well, okay, hold on. I can actually do what I want to do. So I moved to Los Angeles and uh, kind of set up a product, TV production company and started doing the things I'm doing now. And so you have that idea to hitchhike from Times Square to Los Angeles. You happen to know somebody in the industry and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll try this out. But so I make up Who's paying for that? Like you said, you sold it. So did he just offer to like, okay, we're going to shoot this and we're putting our time and money at Were you paying for it? Because yeah, like it's one thing to hitchhike and that's taking a chance. But then you're also let me bring along camera crews and everything and hope that this turns into something. Somebody's paying for it. Yeah, sure. So look, like I said, I was a broker. Uh, One of the benefits I had was, you know, I, I had money. So I... Funded, uh, funded it. it. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't really cost that much because it was just like some friends going across the country. Yeah. But then also, so when you're hitchhiking and then you have the camera crew, so would you like have to like, hi, will you give me a ride? And by the way, like these people are going to film it. Like how did that yeah. work? <laughs> so I would go up to people, people and I would tell them what I was doing. I would have my story. Oh, I'm traveling from New York, from Times Square to the Hollywood sign, relying on kindness. Are you okay if we if, if we film you? Some would say no. Some would say yes. If they said yes, we would film them, and that would be part of the journey. Did so? Did some of the journey happen that wasn't filmed, or did you only accept 
rides from people who were okay with it being filmed? Most of it was okay with people being filmed. But for example, some people weren't okay with being filmed, but they were okay to say no on on film. So I would ask them, can you help me? And they'd say, no, I'm not helping you. I don't even know who you are. And we'd capture that. Right. But like the people that got you from one place to the other, they all were okay with filming. Like you didn't have to yes. take a ride anywhere and because and not. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So then you're set up in Los Angeles. You've started your own production company. And where does it go from there? So I set up the production company. I spent like seven or eight years doing that. And I found myself doing something I didn't want to do again. Yes. And I what was that? Because were you then producing other people's shows? Like, or what what did it turn into that you realized, oh, this isn't it? Yeah, primarily my shows, but I was also distributing shows. So that was the distribution of other people's shows. And I realized that I I okay, I wasn't wearing a tie, but I was doing the same thing. I wasn't living my truest life. So in 2000, about about seven or eight years after having arrived in LA, I ended up walking down Hollywood Boulevard and because I lived there. Um, and I saw this homeless chap with a sign that said, kindness is the best medicine. And there was something about that sign that just gave me another epiphanous moment. And to cut a long story short, I bought a vintage yellow motorbike with a sidecar, called it Kindness One, sort of like Air Force One, uh, but a little bit yellower. And I drove it from LA all the way around Earth back to LA with no money, no food, no gas, no place to stay. I couldn't accept money. All I could accept was generosity of spirit, love, kindness. And that's the Kindness Diaries. And the twist this time was that unsuspecting Good Samaritans received a life-changing gift. And for that, was that being filmed also or was that? Yes, that one was being filmed as well. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff I've done filmed and there's a lot of stuff I've done unfilmed. So sometimes people say to me, oh, well, Leon, you had a camera, that was easy. Well, even with a camera, it wasn't easy. Yeah. But I've done it without cameras as well. Uh, and the experience I've had is similar. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, I don't know if confidence is the right word. The confidence it takes, though, to continuously putting yourself out there, right? Because in those situations, you have to get from point A to point B. But in the last one, yeah, you can't accept any money or with this, whatever. So you do have to rely on other people. So you can't just wait for somebody to start a conversation <laughs> with you and hope that it's going to turn. So you're going to have to start a lot of conversations. I make up that could be easier with the camera. Not always, because in some ways that's more confidence of like, oh, okay, there's pressure on me. I need this to work out. There's a film. I don't know. I don't know which could be easier. But still, yeah, you're constantly opening yourself up to strangers, putting yourself out there, hoping it works out. But like, yeah, people don't, people are afraid to talk to strangers in the real world. They don't. They're like, I don't have any friends. I don't like any friends. How do I make friends? Try talking to somebody when you're out, like give them a compliment, say hello, ask them what they like to eat. It's really not that hard, but it seems to some people like, I can't say hello to someone I don't know. Look, you know, as a kid, I was very shy. Even as a as a young man, I was very, very shy. I didn't, the thought of speaking to a stranger was just like hell. But when I created a mission to get from A to B, I got over that fear of speaking to people. Don't get me wrong, most people said no. 
Most people looked at me like I was a nut job. They're like, <laughs> why on earth am I going to let you stay in my house? I don't even know you. But you meet that one person who's willing to go on an adventure, who's willing to open their heart, and then magic happens. And that's the same with life. You know, a lot of people maybe you don't get on with, but you meet that one person that becomes your friend and that is safe. And then who knows where that leads? Yeah. Speaking about how many no's you got, do you think that that had to impact like your, so that impacted the journey, obviously, but can you see how that may have impacted you in your life off camera, off any sort of project of like having this constant, like people maybe saying no, rolling their eyes at you and crazy, or is that a separate experience? But like, I make up that has to build into your experience of life when you're not working on some sort of project. I mean, definitely. Just imagine if, if out of 10 people that you ask to be on your show, nine say no. You'd be like, after a while, you'd be like, what the hell am I doing? What's the point of all this? Right? But there's that one person that says yes. Um, and it builds resilience, right? It builds perseverance. And if you really want something, you're not going to allow nine no's to take you off your path. And that's what I that's what I wanted. I wanted to get from Times Square to the Hollywood sign. I wanted to circumnavigate the world. I wanted to go from Alaska to Argentina. So I had a mission. And once I had that mission, that was it. Uh, you could say no to me 10,000 times and I would keep going. Yeah. I'd find that one to get to the end of the mission. Yeah. And I make up you must have have, I mean, obviously you have so many incredible stories that are in books and different, you know, and in the shows and everything too. But like, are there so many moments that like you just, I mean, changed you in a way of these moments of the kindness and people opening themselves up to you and the stories I'm guessing that were told? Yes. I mean, I share this story all the time, but it's such a powerful story that I'm going to share it again. So on the first Kindness Diaries journey, which was the circumnavigation of the world, I found myself in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I would go out to people and I'd say, can I stay in your house tonight? And they'd be like, no, you can't. And that's fine. No worries. I went up to this chap. We were in a park. And I said to him, can I stay in your house tonight? And he looks at me and he goes, look, I'm really sorry, but I'm homeless feel a lot of shame. I've just asked a homeless man to stay in his house. He certainly did not look homeless. And there's every fiber of my being is saying to me, Leon, you are not staying on the streets of Pittsburgh tonight. But there's that counterintuitive voice that said, Leon, buddy, you are staying on the streets of Pittsburgh tonight. So that's exactly what happened. And the man fed me. He gave me some clothes and he protected me. And it was a life-changing moment. Because he taught me two profound lessons. Number one, kindness is free. If a homeless man with nothing can be kind, then why can't I? Why can't you? And he also taught me another lesson, that true wealth is not in our wallets, it's in our hearts. Now, am I telling you to give away all your money? No, of course not. Make as much money as you want. Be as successful as you want. But the truest of wealth is how we show up to the world, is how we treat people, is how we inspire people. And all this from sleeping on the streets for 10, for 10 hours. This guy, had, this guy had been doing it for years and years. Oh. And, and, and another beautiful thing that happened that day, well, the next morning, was we were able to put him up in an apartment and send him back to school. He always wanted to be a chef. And he would always say to me, you changed my life, Leon. And I would always say back, no, Tony, it is you who changed my life. 
because he opened up my heart in such a beautiful way, simply by his actions. Yeah, he could have been homeless and replied in a way like, how dare you? Like, you know, he he could have not given you the time of day. He could have been very rude to you that you were asking him for a home. And instead, he welcomed you into maybe not his home, but his heart, his space. Like, yeah, that's very cool. Hey, Trisha here. And something really freaking exciting is coming soon. Go to yourdryologist.com backslash shakeup. I am launching something I'm so freaking excited about, and it's going to be delivered to you with so much freaking ease, freedom, and fun. You have likely heard me say in the book on countless episodes that when my father passed away suddenly, and that was what started me on this path of creating your dryologist and giving you all this information, content, books, all the things I do. It was my dad passing away suddenly that started that that chain, that ripple effect. I love my life, but, and I wanted to shake people on the streets to wake them up to the fact that their life could end tomorrow. I know that life is hard. I know that there is a lot that is challenging. I know that there is a lot that is unfair. And I want you to be present to all of that. And I want you to claim your freaking life and to stop making it harder for yourself with all the shit that you don't deal with that's going around in your head and all the ways you judge yourself and hold yourself back. So I'm going to take you on a three-week journey that is going to be delivered to you via a secret podcast feed where you will get compact audio lessons every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for three weeks. You can binge them all at once. They're going to be dropped weekly or dropped daily, excuse me. So you could binge them at the end of the weeks. You could listen to one every day. There's also going to be live calls to show up and get support and to be able to do the work of the lessons. Because in every single lesson, I'm going to be shaking you up to look at what you are thinking, what you are feeling, the shame you're carrying, the regrets that you have, the judgments, all of that and also shaking you up to your magic, shaking you up to your awesomeness, shaking you up to what's possible for you. I'm going to be shaking you up for three weeks in those powerful audio lessons. And I'm going to give you in each one of those lessons, a little action item, a nugget, thought to take with you. You'll get a worksheet each week as well to be able to work out those items. And so you can show up once a week on the live call as well to get coaching, support, to have the space to do the work of the lessons. And you can also even just show up, listen to the lessons, and then we'll go into the support section. So go check it out, yourjoyologist.com backslash shakeup. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this. Okay, so I want to definitely talk about your newest book, Go Be Brave, but also the one before that too. So is there a shift in, because yeah, if you've written several things, you've created several things, the Go Be Kind and Go Be Brave, are those like shifting perspective a bit? Like, are the other ones more you're sharing these stories from your journeys and then the other ones you're sort of shifting to look more outward? A, A little bit. I mean, a couple of the books have been my journeys, right? But Go Be Kind is obviously about being kind. Yeah. Go Be Brave is obviously about being brave, but they encompass my stories as well. 
So the go be kind. And people say to me, they used to say to me, oh, Leon, it's all okay for you to quit your job and take a yellow motorcycle and go around the world and be kind. But I can't do that because I have a mortgage to pay or I have bills to pay or I have food to, to buy. I get it. So I said, I get it. So that's why I created Go Be Kind. It's like an experiential book where you get to go on your own kindness diaries adventure. Right. Right. Like I'm not. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to go travel from point A to point B, just relying on kindness and give everything up in my life. But great. So how can I take this into my own life? Okay. Exactly. I want to so have my each, own kindness. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. So each chapter is like an, an experiential adventure that you can go on. And that's the same thing with Go Be Brave. Go Be Brave is actually I've got it here. 24 and three quarter adventures for a fearless, wiser and truly magnificent life. So if you can do me a favor and go and buy 100,000 copies, that would be really <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so bravery, sometimes people think to me, they say to me, oh, Leon, you were so brave to go in the kindness diaries. You were so brave to leave your job. You were so brave to do this. My definition of bravery is the speaking of truth, our truth, our personal truth, whether that's emotional, whether it's admitting to being an alcoholic, whether it's admitting to being in a relationship you don't want to be in, whether it's admitting to, I don't know, changing jobs. What is our truth? Each person's truth is different, right? Speaking that truth and living from that place. And that's sometimes the scariest thing in the world to do that. And that's why most people don't do that. And they could say, oh, well, you know what? I don't have anyone who's safe to talk to. If I tell my truth that I want to become a designer, people will laugh at me. That's why it's difficult to do. But if we bravely speak our truth, we can live from that place. And then I promise you, everything changes. And it's not like, oh, you immediately, the moment you speak your truth, the angels come down and start singing songs to you and everything works itself out. No, it's a process. But you start by speaking your truth, whatever that truth may be. Yeah, I love it. And um, and I know like this is what I thought. And then I it's like even on a page, it's probably one more than one pages in your book, but like you say, and it's something that I believe too, that being yourself is in fact one of the bravest things you can do ever. Being yourself is the ultimate act of being your hu being human. It sounds so simple. Just be yourself. <laughs> but it's so challenging because, and that's what uh my first book, I only have one out so far, is F the Shoulds, Do the Wants, get clear on who you are, what you want, and why you want it. Because I feel like we're just constantly, yeah, like looking around for the shoulds, even right? You went to business school because that's what your parents said you should do. You got a job because you should do that. We're so often not knowingly outsourcing our life choices and based on what we think is the right thing to do. But what do what do I feel? What do I think? And that starts with being honest with yourself. And that is really fucking scary because we're not, we're just told this is the best way to be an adult, to have a job, to pay the bills, to whatever the things are. <laughs> uh, and, and, and sometimes people say, like I said earlier, I don't have anyone I can speak my truth to. I get that. I understand. So within the book, there's one of the adventures is called The Truth Diary. Okay. So this is what you do. You go and you buy a diary. You call it the truth diary and you write all of your truths that you need to share and you start that process 
of speaking your truth. And I promise you, once you let it out, it'll only be a matter of time before things start aligning. And maybe the first thing to align will be that you'll find someone that you can speak your truth to. And then after you find the person that you can speak your truth to, maybe you'll start actually taking some action. Who knows? But if you leave it all inside, it's not going to end well. And that is the truth. No, it is. And I, um, so I always talk about these two key moments in my own life that really changed how I thought about life. And one was when I was 15 and it wasn't going to end well. I was too consumed with what other people thought about me that I really did think about ending my life. And there were some other things that played into it, but that was the big point. And so in sharing my story so many, so many, so many, so many times now, now like having the book out there, I looked deeper at that time in my life so many times because I just like trying to tell, like, let me just tell the story real quick. And what I realized that back then, and I think this is still what we as humans, as adults, what I have to overcome every single day is that we're looking for other people to accept us. But a lot of times we're not accepting ourselves. So we're trying to figure out what to do, say, be, where, what job to have to be accepted by people. And we're so deeply craving to be accepted, to be seen, but we aren't even allowing ourselves to be who we really are. So we're not accepting ourselves. We're just trying to figure out who we should be to be accepted. And it's like, yeah. And I think, like you said, like getting, I love that idea of the, was it the truth diary or the truth journal? The truth diary. Yeah. Like that's such a great step in writing things out and and to not be afraid of what comes out also. Because I think too, I think that people are afraid to be honest about their doubts, their fears, their worries and all of that. But if you're not looking at it, you can't make any steps to move through it and to get more support or just for yourself to see, wow, that's really what I think. What can I do about that? Like, I think we're taught to push that stuff away and just don't deal. No, don't have doubts. Don't have fears. Don't be fearless. Be this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have fears. You're going to have doubts. And instead of trying to push them away and act like you don't have them, and that is, I think, the being brave. Like, I'm guessing that's a lot of the book is like, you're being brave. It's not like, you know, you're jumping through fire or whatever this like idea of being brave is. Like, you know, you're going to go standing on the stage in front of people. You could, but a lot of the braveness is being honest with yourself about these things. And part of the challenge of being honest is that you feel that someone is going to make fun of you, et cetera, et cetera, or worse. So just write it in a journal. Let it out. Let it out somehow. It'll consume you if you don't. You'll end up being 105 on your deathbed being like, oh, no, I didn't live. Well, you're a bit screwed then. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i always saying, too, like, yeah, we're so worried about what other people are going to think about us and judge us for. But like, what do you think about you? That's what matters. Somebody else may judge you for something, but who cares? <laughs> They're living their, their life. This is your life. So care about what you think, not what somebody somewhere may or may not think about you. But sometimes that's easier to kind of say than to kind of live, right? And we all know that we say, oh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know about you, but words hurt me. Totally. As I'm saying, sometimes I think it's an all the time thing. Like it's an all the time. And that's why I try to talk about it as more as possible. It's not like you have this one moment of this is who I am and this is what I want. And 
I'm, you know, brave in this. It's like, no, it's going to, these things are going to keep coming up every single day. So it's doing that constant. Oh, okay. Oh, here I go again. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, what do I think? Oh, wait, what do I want? And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited about your, the Go Be Brave book and like giving real tools on how people can do this. Cause I feel like I'm like, yes, well, this is what I did. And you're like really breaking it down into actionable things for people to use in their daily life. That's, that's the aim. Yeah. It's easy to speak. It's harder to put things into action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any last, um, tips or just, or what are you up to next? Do you know? Well, I am actually working on a new documentary, which is a secret project, which will be finished in the next few weeks. Wow. Exciting. Um, it took a lot of bravery to do that and quite a few years. And, uh, I had hair at the beginning of the process. Oh. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I'm doing that. Uh, continuing to to do the speaking circuit, let's say. But yeah, just trying to be as magnificent as possible. Love that. And is the documentary in the same sort of vein as things have been doing? Or are you going sharing in a different like way? You don't have to, I know it's secret. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's similar, but it's deeper. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, the kindness diaries was no, I wouldn't say surface because there's a lot of beautiful moments, but this is a little bit deeper. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to, I'm guessing that won't be out in the world for a bit of time. It won't be out things, for a while, but it'll be finished time. soon, <laughs> hopefully. Awesome. Congratulations. And um, thank you for following, I don't know what it is, your heart, your gut, your yourself to put yourself on all these journeys and not only do that, but to share them with others, to inspire people to be who they are in life and to experience their own lives. It's my pleasure. You know, I was inspired by many people, by books, by movies. And the fact that I, in some small way, can inspire others is a beautiful thing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And again, whew, I hope you just take with you, if you don't go get his book, Go Be Brave. And if you don't get my book, if you don't already have it, F the shoulds, do the once, take away, huh, how can I bravely be more myself today? Hmm? That's what I'm going to ask you for your final question. <laughs> final thought that I never know if people hang around to listen to. Again, I'd really appreciate if you followed the podcast, left a review. If you got the book, we'll leave a review for the book. Reviews really, really matter. It's so easy to act as if we, as a single person out in the world, don't really make a difference. But in such, such like this, I mean, that's just one, one way to look at it in the world, right? Of each review matters and each review was written by one person. And yes, when you add them up together, that becomes, oh, look, this many people have enjoyed the book. That's something but you, that number comes together by many, 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 many individuals. And I know I do not speak alone when I say I appreciate every single review I get. It's not just great for me. It really does help the book and the podcast to become more discoverable. It works in those algorithms, but people do read them and consider them when they're like, hmm, do I want to get this book or not? So I really, really appreciate that. Make sure to join me over on my Substack, trishahuffman.substack.com backslash subscribe. 
I send out from the heart messages in audio form and in written form. Several times a week, we have live meetups on Zoom once a month. You get monthly journal prompts. You can write in to Ask Trisha and get um, advice, support, coaching, write um, from me (laughs) and other goodness. Oh, guided, grounded affirmations. I really love it over there and I'm excited to continue to share over there. So go to trishahuffman.substack.com backslash subscribe. All the links are in the show notes. And again, how can you be more brave in your own life today? By being you.